They're like very cheap. Like you can get you can get certain videos for like you know cents Sense. on the dollar. Yeah, C- certain videos. Yeah, yeah. Sound a little. And 32. The forecast is a bi-weekly podcast produced, streamed, and sometimes released on Thursdays. We're a community of people love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon FB, or you can come hang out on our Discord channel, or you can check out our website at we are the horizon.com where we have a bunch of original content. Uh, for you to browse through. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I'm Aaron. Joined by a couple additional peeps, and we're going to do it in just clockwise order. Owen. Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Alex. Yo, what's up? The frozen picture of Chad. (laughs) Yeah, I'm working on it. (laughs) I don't know. Caleb. Hello, that's me. And Jake John. Oh, shit, what up? Let's do it. Uh, Caleb, (laughs) let's uh, let's start with an update about uh, Hollow Knight this week, because I'm sure there's tons of news. Oh, so much news. All right, first of all. Silk Song is where you got to start, right? No of course, news, of course. Obviously. Of course. No news. Move no on news. from that now. Yeah, absolutely. So there is a little bit of news, kind of Hollow Knight related, very adjacent. There's this game on Kickstarter oh right my. now called ah. Crow Sworn. Uh, oh, you can yes, definitely yes. check it out if you like Hollow Knight because, man, the art is almost a carbon copy of Hollow Knight's art. But as also, the gameplay. Yeah, what do they say? The it's the, the, the combined three games that they mention. They say it's inspired by Hollow Knight, Bloodborne, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and Devil mm-hmm. May Cry. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, two yeah. out of three, that's pretty good. I'm it's pretty solid. I'm uh, back to like, I, immediately share it with people. I will put a link on the podcast notes. Crow Swarm, right? Crow Sworn. Crow Sworn. 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 Crow Swarm. It's a swarm of crows. What do yeah, they call yeah, a swarm of crows? Swan. It's not a it's swarm. Murder. What is murder. it a murder? Murder, it's a murder yeah. of crows. Murder, murder, murder. Which murder I mean, fuck yeah, dude. What a good name for pretty good <laughs> anything. Have you seen the guy on uh, TikTok who's like doing all the English words where he's like defining them, and he'll be like asking him like what you want to call a pack of something, and he gets to crows and he's like murder. <laughs> no, it's it's really good. It's really good. I appreciate. it. I'll see if I can find Thank it. I'll put a link in here. Uh, let's move on to what you've been playing lately, uh, Alex. We're starting with you this week. Oh boy. Oh boy. You don't really start with me. Do you want me to not start with you? I can start with somebody else. No, you can start with me. It's fine. Are you played, sure? Played a bunch of Strange yeah. Brigade lately. Strange Brigade game. game. Throwing back. Yeah, that game's really cool. Yeah, I wish we played more of Strange Brigade. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, now like... I'm playing it with Chad and my parents, which is an interesting four stack for that game. Um, but it's really it's really neat. It's I mean it's got like the zombie army trilogy gameplay of like. You kind of move a little bit slowly and you snipe dudes and the zombies are all kind of slow. But they keep on introducing new enemies like twice a level, it seems like. So it seems like there's a lot of enemy variation. And then also there's puzzles throughout all the levels, which is a lot of fun. They're kind of simplistic, but it's like a cool, you know, side activity to just mindlessly shooting things. 
Even though they add enemies like twice a level, I don't feel the impact of the variation. You don't? Like it's, it's, yeah, maybe I'm just playing it wrong. I don't know. But I, I just kind of like, hey, there's an enemy. I'm going to shoot him in the head. Hey, there's <laughs> another enemy. I'm going to shoot him in the head. This one yeah. kind of moves faster. I'm going to shoot it in the head. This one has armor. I'm going to shoot it in the head three times instead of one time. <laughs> like, so I don't, the, I don't know. The ones that have caused me the most issue are like enemies that bombard from afar. It's like, what the heck am I getting hit by? And then it's like, oh yeah, there's dudes off on the cliff. I better snipe those guys. Yeah, I can see that. But the first I mean, time we played it, we didn't play much of it, but it didn't seem like it had much depth to it. It seemed like it would get samey real fast. I mean, they're constantly shaking up what enemies are there. Maybe it's not as impactful as I make it out to be, like Chad says, but they're, I mean, they're different armor types and crit spots and strengths and weaknesses. And there's like flamethrower dudes and bomb guys and, uh, I don't know. All sorts of there's like fast guys, there's like teleporty guys, stuff like that. I don't know. And the bosses have actually been surprisingly interesting. Like they they shake that kind of stuff up pretty well, I think. Yeah, I don't know if it's a benefit or a con, but I think the speed at which a good group of players could go through that game uh allows for the sameness to not really matter. Mm. Um it like I can see if you're taking a long time through the levels, it could feel very repetitive. The puzzles are kind of the same-ish every time. You're just searching for certain things. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think just for find like the a, six yeah. symbols to unlock the door or right. like the I three correct breezy, symbols to make the thing. A breezy, easy, nice kind of shape up zombie shooter, you know, with kind of quirkiness. Plus we're unlocking like kinda different good. abilities at like a fairly okay rate. So like there's this the amulet system where you like absorb souls after you kill stuff and then it charges a special power and then you can use that to blow things up or whatever. Uh, got a bunch of different those and then you can like buy different weapons in between rounds. You can upgrade things with gems which add like uh, bonuses to your weapons like you know if you headshot something it'll freeze it to make it easier to hit for additional shots or whatever. Explosive headshots that sort of thing. Hmm. It's pretty it's pretty simplistic, but definitely more complex than Zombie Army Trilogy, which was strictly like position yourself and headshot things. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked that one though. But I I, I, I I do too, actually. I feel like you are very much uh uh if you play games like your dad plays games where he just finds a spot and then he just yep. literally doesn't move the entire game. <laughs> that it's strange or not strange for you, but uh, Zombie Army Trilogy is a good route for you to go. The problem with playing that with them is his dad will literally do that, but there's too many zombies. You can't kill them all before they get to you. You have to reposition. <laughs> right. But he'll just stand there, and then he's like, oh, I'm down. I'm like, yeah. He didn't yeah. Like, run away. <laughs> he believes, Alex. <laughs> yeah, there's, um, a, there's a disconnect between um, the action of shooting and the action of moving. And like, mm. when, like when you need, like, you don't have to do them at the same time, like, you know, gamers usually do. But... Doing one and then the other to like reposition yourself, like you should kind of do it hand in hand. They don't. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that game actually there are like breakpoints too when you have a chance to reposition versus you know it's like almost like rounds. Like there's a pause. All right, time to move because a whole yeah. bunch of zombies coming. Yeah. Yeah, that game's interesting. I'm I'm really curious because it's the same company that made both those games, uh, Rebellion. So I'm really curious to see what they did with Zombie Army 4, 
because that came out after Strange Brigade to see if like they took notes from Strange Brigade and put it in Zombie Army 4. So, I don't know. Um, also played a bit of Outward with Chad and Frank. That's a game that I didn't like when I first played it a while back, and I'm still am not sure if I like it. It's <laughs> it's like a an open world survival RPG. So like you have to manage food and water and like sleep and stuff like that, but also it's like a like a almost Skyrimy like your melee weaponing and magicking stuff and just doing quests and whatever. Very I'm strange at, like, combination. How much like a janky Dark Souls? Yeah, yeah, it's like a janky Dark Souls. So <laughs> you have a roll, but you get no iframes on the roll. Oh. So it's like, oh no, I'm just going to get hit by whatever. And then also, most of your attacks don't like stagger enemies at all. They'll just like swing straight through your stuff. So it's really difficult to like figure out when you should attack and when you should just run away. You take so much damage in that game just all the time. I don't know. Yeah, from I what I've there, played, you just always run away. Yeah. Never fight. <laughs> I just sit there with a shield up and then hope that Frank or Alex will kill somebody. Also, it's worth noting that's a two-player game that we've got a mod to enable higher than two players to play I with Chad also. Two. Yeah. The mod lets you play up to like 20 players or something. Stupid. <laughs> it's <laughs> Horizon Community Night 20 player. Yeah. Game. Supposedly <laughs> it scales enemies and stuff based on how many people you have, so. Mm. It's called like the raid mod or something, but it's um the other issue with that game is that it has the same progression issue that a bunch of co-op games get where the host gets progression and nobody else does. So there was so another bad. mod. <laughs> the Far Cry problem. Yeah. There's another mod for that game that was like supposedly I don't think it was working for us, but supposedly it'll give everybody rewards for quests, even if just the primary person turns it in. Mm-hmm. So but, but you I, get quest rewards? Right. Wow. That's just, I mean, Far Cry did the same thing, right? Co-op person so got stone cold nothing. You're supposed oh, to go through man. it yourself, dude. You're supposed to experience the story yeah, yourself. I, I cannot it even is, comprehend. It is a single-player <laughs> co-op game, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand the decision Gosh. for that, but it's a... Uh, yeah, it's it's an alright game to just, like, run around and explore with people, though. Developing games is difficult, okay? <laughs> Not it's for just, Caleb. It's just hard because, like, you. I feel like you never have enough resources for what you want to do. You've all, you're always like searching for food and water. Your health is your health and stamina is always super low because you die so often, and that takes your max threshold down every time you die and get revived. Mm. And then you have to like sleep to get it back. Except for sleep takes down your max mana for some reason because they can't <laughs> be nice about it. <laughs> you take know. your backpack off when you fight because you should. Take you do. Your backpack off. You throw your okay. backpack on the ground. When you enter combat, well, you don't have to, but you you should because otherwise you fat roll, and uh-huh. you just throw it on the ground wherever you're at, and then you go into battle, and then when the battle's over, you're like, all right, where did I put my backpack? Because it has literally <laughs> yeah. my life savings in it, and I can't lose that. And it <laughs> blends in very it? nicely with everything. Yeah, interesting game for sure. I uh, mm-hmm. also played with uh, Frank some Holdfast Nations at War, which if you've ever heard of Napoleonic Wars which is probably also a niche game. <laughs> it's like that, but new. So it's like um, like the times of Napoleon, like like Redcoats lining up like uh, in a line and firing and, you know, doing the whole reload thing like that, that sort of warfare, but on maps with like, you know, 100 plus players 
and people actually get into like the uh like a captain's like all right form a line and then everybody marches out to like the front lines of the battle and then he can like draw a line on the ground everybody lines up on it and he's like all right aim and everybody aims their their rifles and it's like a fire and then you get like three kills with 20 people firing into a group of people but because the guns wait, are so do, inaccurate why <laughs> do you respawn please tell me it's not like a one one life one you know one round you, you can respond you're gonna respond okay. yeah Woo! It's, I was going to say, that is there, brutal. There is game modes where it is kind of elimination style. And <laughs> I, I've i got to tell you, from the Napoleonic Wars saga, when Frank and I used to play that, those I think it's tickets, and you run out of tickets, and you start, and, and there's like one person left or whatever. Those were the funniest to watch, because you just see like hundreds of troops running after one person, and like the guns are so inaccurate that it's like a gamble if they're going to die or not. I just, I, I wonder why, like, the reason we do not do that type of warfare anymore is because <laughs> it was incredibly ineffective. Yeah. And so why would you not just use modern day tactics in that game and just fuck up the other team and not stand in a line and just like kind of like flank around and snipe them and do all the other stuff? Like, why? Why? You're what killing makes, the realism, Owen. You're what killing makes the you do the stupid thing? It's, a, it's the role playing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of it's people. It's a bit of role play. Also, it's like if you go flank somebody, like sure, you might get like a single kill before somebody comes over and stabs you or something, because you have to get pretty darn close to actually be accurate with your gun, because they're so bad. The guns and are it so takes bad. Forever to reload it. And it takes like an hour to reload them. Yeah. So, actually, standing in a line with your group is fairly effective if you have like a choke point that people are trying to come across like a bridge or something you just like fire into the bridge <laughs> it's actually like fairly effective so i don't know also it's fun to just like live through that the the motions of that yeah, I, don't know. I mean that's fair definitely got to be in the mood for that like <laughs> yeah you can't, you can't be like let me go into some you know call of duty style napoleonic wars also like, there's like on, man 30 minutes in and out. There's like a bunch of support <laughs> roles. Like you can play cavalry and run around and try to like slice people up or you can play like the piper and like just play music behind your line, which increases their reload speed <laughs> or like the, the drummer, which gives like a different buff. Just like in real life. Yeah. <laughs> it inspires your people. Cool. And then yeah, like throughout think... the map, there's also like pianos and stuff in random rooms. You can just like play those. That's fun. <laughs> No, nah, that game's for some uh, people, clearly. <laughs> that does not sound intriguing to me. And also, we haven't done a podcast in a while, but there was like a oh. Steam Next Fest that had like a bunch of Steam demos in it. Oh, yeah, I've got uh, many things to talk about that. Yes. Oh, boy. There's a handful of things I wanted to point out there. Uh, by by handful, do you mean you've put together a spreadsheet? No, 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 no. <laughs> Where he's played every game. Yeah. And... I... <laughs> Caleb told me to try Severed Steel, and I agree that game is sick. It's basically like Titanfall with like bullet time. You're like running on walls, shooting people. Like you're you get health back from kills, and like as long as you're doing some sort of trick action, you dodge bullets. So it encourages you to like string together cool movement and and shoot people. Very very fun. Um, I thought it'd be right up Alex's alley. I played a couple with Caleb, actually. There's this game called Ember Knights, which is a roguelike, I don't know, in the style, I don't know, it's like a isometric combat game. Yeah. That seemed very fun. It seemed pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed pretty tuned for co-op also. So yeah, that, yeah, it did. That's, I mean, you're picking up powers, you're slicing dudes. 
It's a good time. We also played a uh, Death Trash, which seemed like man, what a bad name. So bad. It's a ter- a terrible <laughs> it's horrible. name. Horrible. I love it. It's uh, great. What are you talking about? Pretty pretty awesome game though. Pretty pretty good. Yeah, that's probably the best one we played. Yeah. Um. That before I played co-op with you, I was curious how it was going to work because it seemed like a single player game. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's very much like a like a dialogue driven RPG where you're like exploring this world, taking quests from random people. The world's like terrible, awful. There's like all sorts of weird meat growing across the land. Yeah. Meat growing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like some weird like pulsing patches of meat. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Okay. And you got to like eat it to survive a lot of times. <laughs> what is Wait, what's the and story behind how every... that starts? Is it like lab grown meat gets out of control and escapes you, the factory? You don't know so, yet. Yeah. You ask people about it during the demo and they're like, I don't know. I think it's just always been there. Yeah. <laughs> just meat meat gone bad. In the field. You meet it's some big monster growing. that appears to be made out of the meat who talks man. to you. I yeah. completely understand why you like oh, this man, game, he Caleb. A, he had a good name. What was his... <laughs> It was like the, the meat, name. the meat kraken or something. It was, was something weird say like meat that. Kraken. Yeah, something kraken for sure. I don't know if it was meat kraken or not. The flesh, flesh, flesh kraken. kraken. Flesh Sounds kraken. pretty mediocre. Yeah. Oh, um, you talk to wow. the flesh kraken. You talk to the flesh kraken, which is the only meat thing that can speak to you. It seems so far. And and it's like, yo, I want friends. <laughs> and you're like, uh, okay, I can. Go see if somebody wants to be your friend, I guess. And that's a quest you take. And then you go around towns and you're like, hey, would you ever consider being friends with like a big, meaty, like <laughs> squid looking thing? <laughs> and everybody's like, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> but eventually you find like a friend for him. Yeah, it's well, pretty... you find the head of a cyborg well, to be a friend yeah. with him. It's got enough. Just the head. And then he eats it. Yeah, it's very, it's this very <laughs> odd game, but I don't know. Combat is uh, not very forgiving from what I played single player, but in multiplayer seems alright. In multiplayer, the enemies have a weird tendency to just gravitate to one person. Yeah, and then the other guy can just take him out. Yeah. When I was playing single player, I was like screaming for my life and running away. It's it's, it's hard. You guys aren't even going to talk about the dedicated puke button? There is a dedicated puke button. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's and great. You can pick up the puke. puke, puke. One, of the, yeah. one of the first things you do in the demo is, oh, this machine isn't running like it needs it needs lubricant. So you puke on the ground and then you pick up your puke and put it in the machine to lubricate it. And it's then it works. Game. Man. Yep. And sometimes if you puke next to somebody, they'll like sympathy puke immediately. <laughs> yes. It's great. <laughs> oh, man. Death trash. Death trash. What a name. That's probably yeah. the best demo we played. I think it's the best one I played at least. Yeah, I don't really. I didn't play very many other ones, so those are probably all the ones that it, were interesting enough to talk about. Cool, uh, Owen. How about you? What have you been playing, Owen? Have to I've been playing uh, a bunch of things. <laughs> uh, you know, one of which uh, is I've been playing the uh, Steel Rain update for Fallout seventy six. It's Fallout seventy six. They make it even better because they keep making it not shit. So hey. <laughs> Eventually, you guys should buy it on Steam because it'll be like ten dollars. The last time, last Steam sale, it was like twelve or fourteen bucks or something like that. It's worth it at this point. It really is. I know none of you are going to buy it, but I just want <laughs> you to know. Is it? Is it? Are you I'm sure. Starfield. It's going to be real hard to convince I'm any of us. I know. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I've uh, been playing some of that. Been playing some Wild Burning Crusades, and you know, doing raids in that. So that's been a lot of fun, uh, and been very excited going through those. Um, Magic: The Gathering has dropped a new uh, set, which has been uh, Dungeons and Dragons based, mm. and that's Ooh. been very neat. I've really liked that. I've really liked having all of the the um, kind of. They they a did a new mechanic called uh, dungeons where like every time that you do something you progress through the dungeon and something happens on the board, uh, and so it's kind of like you are in fact adventuring through some of the dungeons and of course everything is named in all of the uh, uh you know four dungeons that already exist like the tomb of annihilation uh, and uh, the characters that show up are all characters from the D and D universe um like uh Min- minxed and uh drizzt so there's those people and you know a lot of the things that are like uh the spell cards are kind of feats and actions that you take so it's very cool i very much like it i you know it, it's been a long time in the making to see magic and and dungeons and dragons crossover and we're finally getting that and so that's been uh very neat uh, I've also been, uh, you know, from what Alex was saying about the the Steam uh, event, I tried out some things. Uh, I tried a game called Hotel Magnet, and it was awful. Oh. Just the, the worst. Do not play that game. Um, <laughs> wow. Gosh. Yeah, no, it was bad. It was cool. like a really, really bad version of Sims to make... Like, I was hoping it would be, like, base-level making of Sims, because it's like, oh, yeah, you know, you'd, like, have to build a hotel. So, like, give me the base tools that you would have in, like, uh, Sims crafting, you know, when you're, like, making a house or something. And it just didn't have that. And I feel like they tried to do more. And I was like, no, you don't need to do more. I need, like give me a grid, let everything snap to it, let me move things around. I think they just tried too much. Uh, and and so I was was not very entertained by that. Um, there's also a, a, another game that I was playing called uh, Terra Nil. Yeah! That game was awesome. I loved that. I uh, also played that game. I had, yeah. I had like 15 games on my list of demos to play. Of course, I played like two, <laughs> but well, Terra Nil was figured... one. It was very good. I figured that you would play this because this is the Factorio people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. and... Except it's like reverse Factorio. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I, I really liked that it was kind of like, hey, you know, rehabilitate the planet, which I was like, this is a fun kind of nature puzzle-y thing, which is really cool. And then I like mm-hmm. that after you build everything to rehabilitate the area, then they go, okay, cool. Now you have to delete all of your stuff. Yeah. And so you and have leave. to like, yeah, so you have to like make sure that when you place everything out that you can still get to it and bring it all back. Yeah. So I thought that was a very neat challenge and very cool. Um, I thought also, yeah. it was cool that you start with like a completely like a world that has been just completely harvested of natural resources. And so it's like, all right, go back in, restart, build it back up and then leave so that somebody yeah. can come do it again. Yeah. It's kind of so neat. I- I thought that was really cool, and I really like that. I mean, I I added that, and I added um, the uh, like Lego Journey because those both are puzzle games that I was like, this this will be fun. Uh, oh, my... I played that Lego one. Did you on like the phone, Lego I think. one? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. Pretty neat. Um, you've lied to me, Owen. Aranel is not the Factorio people. It's the Broforce uh, people. I thought I thought it was it's not even similar. Oh really. man, <laughs> no, they wow. the the, the, the... 
I feel like it's either the Terra Nil people or the Factorio people have a link from their game to the other game. I think it's yeah. Terra Nil has a link to Factorio. Yep, um, they do. That's like why I thought it was the, the same. I don't no. know. Yeah. But why? I don't know. Well, they that's just, why I thought it was like, the same hey, people. we really like Factorio, actually. You should check it <laughs> yeah. out. Maybe, why not? maybe it's like, this is the opposite of Factorio because we're fixing everything that you screw up in Factorio. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the premise. Like, the, like I said, the planet is just destroyed and you have to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there's then, a button at the very end, so it's like there's the wishlist Terra Nil button, and then like hidden behind some of the plants is I prefer factories. And if you click on it, it takes you to the Factorio's <laughs> Factorio Steam page. Yep. Wow. Weird. Uh huh. That's strange. Uh huh. Um, and the last thing that I at least uh, uh, was looking at, I didn't try any of these out, but I just I noticed something when I was looking at the top. Uh, like kind of Steam games that people were downloading, trying out. Um, we had a uh, car detailing simulator, a baking simulator, a hotel renovator stim- simulator, an aquarium building simulator, uh, and a power washing simulator. And of course, everybody knows the favorite PC builder simulator. So I'm just uh, wondering why? Dude, Can we stop? No. Power washing simulator? I would probably play that game. I am on I, I am subscribed to power washing porn and I will like catch myself just like watching videos of people power washing sidewalks. Yep. It's so amazing what you can do to a sidewalk with a power washer. Oh, I, I agree, but but Aaron, here's my thought. Um you are an adult that can buy <laughs> a power washer and power wash things. He owns one. He's power wash. I own yeah. power, power, power wash. Cool. But I still watch videos of people power washing. <laughs> Why it's like do Alex I need a... with that guy. No, no. It's like Alex with that guy who has a YouTube video dedicated to mowing lawns. Yeah, yeah Alex. <laughs> that just popped up on my recommended page the other day. It was a two-hour video of a guy doing lawn work. And, he had like... and it had like three million views on it. <laughs> like, I just... I'm, I I'm curious what the deal is with everybody doing all of these sims and some of them kind of make sense because like you know you can't do them but other ones it's like oh hey a baking sim and i was like i'm pretty sure that you could bake right now i don't think you need like if you wanted to bake a pie you don't need to boot up a game you could just get some flour maybe some eggs like you could do that Yeah, I think the end game is like we have to get simulators for literally everything and then you combine them all and then it's a simulation of the this universe. Is that not oh. just Second Life? And then, Are we not? And then, <laughs> and then you find yourself in it and you tell yourself that they're living in a simulation and they'd have an existential crisis. Yeah, because of, yeah, you're not, you're like so many layers deep. You're like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. yeah. Um, similar to this topic, I saw Hobo Tough Life on Steam. And it's an urban survival role-playing game where you play as a homeless person. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> that mean, doesn't seem like a bad idea. It just seems interesting. Scavenge for food and supplies. You beg. Steal. You survive. What? Wow. What a take. On, <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Woof. Maybe. Wow. It's, it's very positive. It's come wow. up. I don't know how much I like the idea of us making video games and potentially glorifying homelessness. That seems like a weird life take. Yeah, let's go back to the other things games uh, (laughs) idealize. Yeah. (laughs) Give me violence in my video games. That's that's much better. Murder. (laughs) It's mostly murder. (laughs) Uh, Is that all your Steam demos? Did you have any others? That's everything. That's everything that I did. Uh, Caleb, let's move on to you. What have you been playing? 
All right, well, I got a couple Steam demos to bring up. One of them I thought I was going to bring up. Uh, it's this game called Get Together, a co-op adventure. As oh, you can yeah. imagine, a little co-op puzzler. Uh, in the same vein as, like, uh, We Were Here. You know what that mm, game man. is. Mm. That, that mm-hmm. game left, like, no impression on me. That's the reason why I didn't bring it up. <laughs> wow. while, we were, while, while we were starting it, Alex was like, how come nobody's ever done a game like this where you don't need to, like, join the same lobby and, like, things you do affect them? You just need the information. And then we load up, start playing it. That's exactly what this game is. Yeah. You can play it. You don't have to be connected to a server or anything. You just play. You pick either the left side or the right side. And then you get info in your game that you just have to give them in order to let them pass through areas. That's but weird. So far, it's pretty simplistic. I'm hoping farther in it gets more. Extremely you know, simplistic. Like, and the demo was so short. Like It didn't show off really anything short. interesting, really. No. Besides like the fact that the game exists. Yeah. And you can yeah, progr- progress it. based on information from a co-op partner. We played it for 13 minutes. Wow. I mean, yeah. my Jeez. says so. Really is, that like a, is that like a type of game where you could say that you're playing a game with one of your friends and then just like go look up the wiki page for Definitely. the solutions? The and then just could, could read your co-op off. partner. You absolutely could. So, wow. Because the game doesn't communicate to the other half at all. It's just communication between the players. Right. Okay. Interesting uh, yeah. game. Yeah. The other one I wanted to bring up uh is because it was it's the only game we played that that felt really unique uh it's called rogue lords as you can imagine it's a roguelike what no. yeah yeah uh you play as dracula and a bunch of his goons so in the demo you play with uh bloody mary and the headless horseman mm. and you're basically like conquering a bunch of towns and trying to make them really scared of you but the one really unique mechanic it had was that you had this resource i forget what it's called um, but at any time, you could call on it, it would pause the game, and then you could manipulate the UI to benefit you. So you could just chunk down an enemy's health bar, max health, by spending this resource, or like reset one of your cooldowns or something like that. Hmm. And it just seemed like a really interesting idea. It worked pretty well in the demo. I don't, how do you like pick what UI element to manipulate? It gives you a bunch of options when you pull it up. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's it's got a lot of them. I mean, pretty much most things you could think of it would allow you to do. But it's it, it seemed pretty cool. I'm interested to see how the how the full game turns out. Um, but other than that, I picked up a few things in the Steam sale. I played the Room Four. Really good. It's more of the Room. Hey, also, with that game. was that um? Is it the same universe as the Room? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did not, not know as this far game as I'm come aware. Out. But, you know, are those games actually still good? I feel like they would have run out of ideas. No, I mean, I mean, I, I think they tend to reuse some mechanics occasionally, but okay. I think there's always new stuff being added to it. Have you have you played the VR one? I have not. Okay. It was like 20 bucks. And I was like, eh, no. <laughs> isn't it just a remake of one of their games? Like, it's not a its own so. thing, is it? I think it is. Oh, hmm. that's what I understood. Oh. I could be wrong, but. I think it is. I thought it was a unique title. I looked at the date that it was released. It seemed pretty old. The VR one, yeah, came out a while ago, I think. A couple years ago. A couple years ago, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then I picked up Fate of Kai. Uh, I haven't talked about this one, right? I think so. Uh, Doesn't sound familiar. Uh, So you you play through a storybook, almost a comic book, and you're following this character, Kai, and on various pages, he'll do some action, like jump, 
or fight, and you can pick up the action and move it to different pages in order to cause him to do different things. So in one situation, he's about to fall off a cliff. You can try to like jump to get across the river or dive to dive into it or try to grab on, climb back up. And you got to kind of puzzle your way through finding all these various death endings and scrolling back and trying new new ideas. Uh, it was pretty solid. It's only like an hour long. Or, yeah, 58 minutes I have with all achievements. So wow. pretty, pretty dang short. But I think it was like five bucks. And uh, pretty interesting concept. Uh, nice. I've been playing. Go ahead. No, that was it. That was oh, good. Just a nice. <laughs> just yeah, and just a nice. nice. Okay. okay. Nice. Uh, I've been playing so much BPM. I finally picked up bullets per minute. I knew I'd like it. Roguelike rhythm based shooter. Yeah, I feel like you've mentioned this game to me like I don't know five times in the past two yeah. weeks. You yeah. would really, really like it. Yeah. Uh, I've I've been trying to get all the achievements, so I. I played like 25 hours and beat it with most of the characters. There's one character where you can't take any damage or you lose the run. Oof. That one took me a long time. They unlock another character that has the same thing, but worse stats and guns. I haven't beat it with them yet. I've been trying, I've been trying for like 10 hours to beat that it with awful. that one character. It's so that freaking hard. That miserable. But like, why even try? That sounds actually really good. Just I'm, about, I'm about to give up on it. Masochistic. About to give up. But rhythm-based shooter... Really weird concept. Trying to shoot on the beat and reload on the beat, dash on the beat. All the enemies attack you according to the song. Even yeah. one enemy is a witch and she laughs in time with the song. From like the little bit I've played, it seems kind of like you're you're almost adding percussion to the music with your actions. Yeah, it's, it's kind of neat. Yeah, it's after, really really good. After playing all the hours that you have played. It, is it similar to Crypt of the Necrodancer where you like really start getting into the music and like you, you almost move to the beat without even realizing it? Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. I, I was playing it and then I, I noticed my audio was messed up and so I turned back on voice meter because I'd had it off and then I started up and I was running through voice meter and I failed like every attack because it was just off by like a couple oh, milliseconds no. running through voice meter. So to throw that back off, but yeah, you you really get into it, and the music's really good. It's kind of that Doom style music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the last one I think Jake wants to talk about also, so I'll save that for a minute. Oh, I only Jake. have I only have two games. Do you want to go ahead and yeah, go? You exactly. go ahead and go, so you guys can talk. Oh, about Oh, I can this just game. go ahead and go. Yeah, okay. yeah, you go, you go, you go. <laughs> so, uh, okay, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus came out, uh, and so Caleb and I've been playing that. Uh, so it's pretty well documented, our love of Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know anything about it, go play it. Turn off the podcast. Stop mm-hmm. listening right now. <laughs> uh, and go play it. The base one's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, Best game of the so, decade, right? It's, I mean, I think it is. Uh, I'm obviously biased. <laughs> I just, I love it. Um, but, so plus, it's basically, it's the game again, uh, but they added some, like, they increased the resolution, there are some, like, Little bonus like pictures. There's like a music player in there. HD uh, waifus. Yeah, dude. <laughs> uh, the main like new content they added is these like side stories, uh, which is kind of like it's basically like what would have happened if you didn't play the game. So like all the characters just kind of like hang out. know each other. Yeah, they just kind of yeah. hang out. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really have high hopes for that because it doesn't sound like the good parts of Doki Doki, but yeah. it's, it's well written. I ended up really enjoying them. 
Um, I know that's kind of, you know, I'm like the visual novel guy on the podcast, so maybe that's <laughs> bias, yeah, well, but it's, I thought it was nice. I also really enjoyed them. They're just, they're very wholesome and heartwarming. Okay, yeah. how much new content is, is there actually, though? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, really, apart from that, there's not a lot. Because um, they did take a free game and make it $15. Yes. So <laughs> I'm I mean, wondering that's, that how much that's actually worth it. The way the way I looked at it, right, is like, I love Doki Doki Literature Club, so I'm like, here, just take my $15. Yeah. You know, I played your game to death when it was free. Yeah, yeah just as like supporting fine. them. Yeah, okay. exactly. That, ma- exactly. that makes sense, I guess. Um, In terms of actual value, I think it's kind of hard to justify, especially... <laughs> I'm going to get in because there's one thing it changed that I really don't like. Uh, yeah. it now, when you boot it up, there's like a virtual desktop. Oh, uh, I think a big part of that is that now I guess the original was on console, but it works a lot better on console, I would think, because a lot of the like uh. really cool stuff obviously wouldn't work because you have to go into the game files and change some stuff. Yeah, I never thought about that. Uh, but it's but on like consoles, Switch and stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is like a nice little workaround for that. You just like load up this virtual desktop and it's like, oh, look, here are the, here are the files. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have a PC, there's, you know, the base experience, I think, is better because you're actually messing with the files and stuff. Yeah. It hit uh, so that's yeah, right. It, it feels a lot cooler. Uh, so that was kind of disappointing. Uh, the one of the the one good thing about it, though, is they do some more like ARG type stuff. Uh, there's some more hidden stuff in that virtual desktop that they couldn't have done with just like regular files. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like messing around with that has really been, I've been enjoying it a lot. Uh, I've unlocked like 99% of everything in the game. There's like one thing yeah. left that I, I have no idea how to get it. I don't know either. Yeah. I might just Google that one. Yeah. I'm getting close to looking it up. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't really recommend it beyond like, the side stories are good if you're interested in that sort of thing. Yeah. The base one was free, so if you feel like supporting Dan Salvato or Team Salvato, I guess, maybe get it. But, I mean, the base one is still, I think, better. Is this, like, the thing that he was alluding to when he said there was more stuff coming at some point? Forever I, I think ago? so. I think so. Because um, that's kind of disappointing. At the well, time, no, they're also he talking even... about another game, right? Yeah. yeah An yeah, entirely yeah. different game? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, yeah, he has like another visual novel like in the works or that he's been kind of planning, I guess. But then in another like tweet, he was like, there's more Doki Doki literature content coming, parentheses, not a sequel. Uh, Uh, And that was almost certainly referring to this. Yeah. On the. the... Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Spoilers for people that haven't played the game, I guess. Do. Do they still do the thing with like your name at that part? Yes, they do. Yep. Okay. Even with like the new virtual desktop stuff, I was wondering if that's still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's still okay. in there. I, I yeah, imagine the that's... base game's all there. Yeah. So verbatim, yeah, think... that was my question. Oh. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like you guys are related. That's wild. I mean, it it seems, and Jake, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but from your review and and what Caleb has inputted, it seems kind of like what. Doki Doki one would have been if he had, I guess, like enough time to have finished everything. It's it's you know fully fleshed out the character arcs and the side stories of things, but it doesn't really. This doesn't really add a lot of new content as far as like progression onto what has previously been done. I would say this is all extraneous yeah. yes. stuff. Okay, 
Absolutely. None of this was probably originally planned, even. Yeah, no, I, I, I really... Still, it's full thing. Yeah, I, I don't think this changes my opinions on the base game, really. Right. Nice. Cool. The number one clip on my uh, Twitch channel is of, I think, Monica following me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It was uh, interesting. I'll send a link to Aaron to where you can add it. Please do. I'll put it on here. Uh, but the so the other thing I played, and this I finished this a while ago now, uh, but we haven't done one of these in a while. I finally finished uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4, uh, DLC and all. That game is like surprisingly good. Yeah, I finished the DLC as well. I don't uh, know why you say surprisingly. It's like widely hailed as like one of the best PlayStation well, Four games. <laughs> what? So okay, let me let me explain myself a little bit then. Um, it's. When you, like, describe the mechanics, it yeah. sounds very, like, generic, right? Open world, you know, you get blips on the map to go do side quests. Yeah. So it's kind of crafting, climbing. It, it's It's got a lot of really generic video gamey stuff. It sounds very generic open world. Yes, exactly. Ubisoft-esque. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's it's just really well done. Um, the The giant robot fights are obviously, like, the best part. You can yeah. literally, like, shoot a gun off a robot T-Rex and then shoot him with it. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that just slaps. That's so good. So cool. Uh, I am, the okay, the thing that surprised me most about it is that the story is actually pretty interesting. I actually I think really that's what it. Caleb's always said. I yeah. love the main storyline in that game. It's, I think it's so it's good. It's another one where, like, you boot it up and it's like, oh, generic survival open world. Okay, I know what we're doing. The story's going to be crap. Right. We're going to meet someone, they're going to be like, can you bring me five robot heads? And it's like, great, <laughs> I'm on it, boss. You got it, dude. But uh, it's actually, it's really, really interesting. Uh, it does this kind of interesting thing where, like, as you progress in the story and kind of the world opens up, the scope of the plot kind of opens with it. Like, at first, mm -hmm. you're really focused on just, like, the main character and her thing. And then you meet more people, and it becomes like, oh, it's about, like, this society. And it's like, oh, we got it. you know, there's people way over there who are in trouble. And it's like, oh, my God, the world is in trouble. Uh, so that yeah. was that was really interesting. I thought that was a really cool thing. How does the DLC stack up the main game? Uh, I mean, it's it's good. It's not. I wouldn't say it's like amazing. Okay. Uh, it's yeah. The story the story is kind of whatever. You not played the uh, DLC, Caleb? No, I remember starting one of them, but okay. Or is there only it's, one? I I'm only aware of one. Frozen okay. Wilds. I think what, it's that's called. What I'm thinking of at least. Um, okay. I mean, yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fun enough. Uh, I heard really I, good things about it, but never really got into it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you know, it's more more the same. There's some really intense robot fights in there. Uh, story wise, kind of you get a better idea of the world, especially at the end. You get the opportunity to ask a lot of questions about mm -hmm. things. I'm trying not to spoil it, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I mean, I I would not call it amazing. Does uh does finishing this game make you excited for the sequel now? It actually. It makes me curious, because a lot of what I liked about this game, like I said, was the story and kind of learning about the main character and the world. And now that I know all of that stuff, I'm <laughs> like, what are they going to do in the sequel? <laughs> okay. Because, like, the characters aren't great, I would say. That's maybe the weakest part of the game, is that a lot of the characters aren't really interesting. I could maybe tell you the names of three <laughs> over the course of the whole game, and the main right. character's not really all that compelling beyond, like, her backstory sort of so with all of those mysteries kind of solved i'm not sure what they're gonna do like they, they set up like a plot hook for the sequel but mm -hmm. 
but I, I feel like it wouldn't hit the same, if that makes sense. Like, a lot of the main mysteries that I was interested in all got resolved. Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, I'll go up next here. I don't have a lot. Uh, had two Steam demos, one of which we already talked about, which was Terra Nil. I was also trying to find something that could uh, fit my... I just needed a new puzzle game, so I downloaded a couple different games and tried them. I tried uh, Zuivan's Autonomous Cube demo. Mm-hmm. It's just weird. Very strange. Uh, also tried uh, uh, The Inheritance of Crimson Manor. I think, Caleb, you might have tried that game. I did. It looks like you played it. Yeah. Um, it definitely did not scratch my itch of I need, like, mist or... Yeah. It just, or, I don't know. Yeah, my problem with... I yeah, think, it wasn't that. Like, my issue in that game was animations were, like, so long for some reason. I don't know <laughs> yeah, if you experienced that. No, you're right. You had this, like, just thing lingered forever. He, he, like, put this, like, he uses this eyeglass, basically, to see things in a different color. And, like, every time you touch it, the animation's like, it lifts it up, and it spins it around, and then it flips open a thing, and then it pulls it up to your eye. And it probably takes, like, four or five, maybe six seconds. It's yeah. a long time. I feel like that's a big fatal flaw in a lot of those style of games is especially towards the like there was one that me and Caleb played where you're like a spy and towards the end of that game you had to go from like a location on super far left side of the map to super far right side of the map to be able to solve a puzzle and it would take so long you had to transition so many screens man what game <laughs> no, I'm really curious uh, I'll figure it out <laughs> um but anyway, that, that game was fine. I also have been getting back into Dota 2. Of course, they had a new compendium release. But this compendium is unique because literally none of the money is going to any international tournament. <laughs> right. So Valve was just like, let's put out a compendium with all these cool things and then everybody can just give us all their money. Hmm. And yet, you know, somehow some people are just like, here, take my money. Just take it all. It's also, people. Like, people? also like half a compendium. Yeah, it's true. It's not weirdly enough. Real- yeah, like there's not a ton in it. There's like the max level is 500 rather than a thousand. Well, I say max. There is no max to any of the <laughs> compendiums. You can keep on giving them money if you want, but at a certain point, it stops with unique rewards and then says from here on out, every five levels you'll get such and such. Right. right. But it's. I mean, it's I will right. say the the story behind this compendium is kind of cool. Um, it, like they had a really cool animation right when you launched the game. It might be one of the coolest like cutscenes for Dota I've ever seen. Um, they just do a very great job with that. Uh, the one thing I have uh, realized is every time we talk about Dota, we bring up the fact that they're always like changing the way that characters work. And it was funny. We were playing last night and I felt bad because we ran them twice and Katie's in like her first games of Dota. And we get like the worst characters, Alex and I, that we can know how to play. I mean, it's just awful. And we just get oh, white. Boy. Just bad. White. Alex ran him a bunch of brood mummy. Uh, no, I, no. I random tinker <laughs> um, and I don't even remember what the game before that was but it was also equally as bad yeah it just, we did not think through our, our lineup for that first one <laughs> we had Shadow oh, yeah, Shaman right. Winter Wyvern um, what were you Aaron I was playing oh I randomed LC Legion Commander yeah. but okay. we didn't really have, we didn't a, have carry. a carry no. there was an Ogre Magi and then Alex was I was Razor Razor, yeah, that was a bad so, team. So we had Winter Wyvern mid. It was uh, yeah. Winter Wyvern mid, yeah, which, which has is been a thing. thing. Yeah, it it's like a, a niche thing. thing though. Yeah, did not but, work at all against the Pugna they had that just sucks through ooh. the ice. Yeah, Pugna is just insane. 
Uh, that's the other thing I was going to say about Dota. Um, we always talk about like they make adjustments and they change things, but the way they change it in Dota is they never nerf heroes. They always just make them stronger. And right now, yeah. there are just so many heroes that are just, I mean, they feel overpowered. Silencer, broken. Pugna feels broken. Um, who else did I say was broken? It's just, oh, Dazzle. Dazzle. My goodness. I mean, I don't know about how, how Aaron thinks things are broken because it's not, <laughs> not much that he thinks is broken that everybody else also thinks is broken. I don't know. It's just, it's just like my experience in the moment. I'm like, this yeah. is broken. Yeah. Pugna doesn't even feel like a character that would ever feel broken. His moves Dude. just don't like lend themselves oh. to that. I There's like. been several okay, they, they, no. Pugna mids against us recently that I would just like blow dominate. people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like people have developed Zeus. a macro or something to where they can like ethereal you, blow you up, and use the ultimate all at the same time. And then mm-hmm. you're just like dead at that point. And the shard lets you like that's the issue. They added these freaking shards yeah. and they just make heroes overpowered. Dazzles is he just has an AoE hex. He just turns everybody into a pig and they run around. Mm, okay, that no, that's kinda... just not even fair. It's just ridiculous. Pugna, if he holds on to his ult for more than 1.5 seconds, it automatically just targets another hero. And for every 1.5 wow. seconds after that, it just keeps going. How that's just yeah. no. They're Good just stuff. very, very strong. And for only 1400 gold. Takes nothing to get there. Very strong. The for reference, the puzzle game I was trying to think of is Agent A, a puzzle in disguise. Ah, mm. which I think is pretty good. I think if people like puzzle games should try check it out. But the very end of that game is a, a bit uh, annoying. Annoying, tedious, tedious. Yeah, there you tedious. go. If you really want a puzzle game, there's basically one puzzle game to play, and that is Quern. Quern, Quern's really good. It's so freaking good. Uh Chad, let's move on to you. What have you been playing? So. Dota, I just want to mention one thing on that before we moved on from it. Okay, I have yeah, been yeah, playing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a fun fact, actually. I, just, I looked this up recently because I, was, I wanted to uh, find out what was the first ever concept battle pass because, like, every game has it now. Right. And it's actually the International's 2013 compendium. Really? That was, like, the first ever, like, battle pass style thing. So thanks, Valve. Valve invented <laughs> it, yeah. Um,. They well, invented the, digital storefronts for games, and then they invented battle passes, invented loot boxes. Which they I'm invented curious, being able to buy and sell your items, your cosmetics. I'm kind of curious as to why, like, you know, you look at Fortnite, you know, uh, Call of Duty, etc. All those battle passes have a certain level stop, and then you can't give your money anymore. And once Alex said that you can continue to give your money to the compendium, it made me wonder why, like, no other company is just like, yeah, just keep giving us money. They actually create content for that money. Like they create like different, you know, weapon. There's stupid content, but it's it's like weapon skins or whatever. But it's still like they had to work on that. It's not just free cash. It's because like, it's because Valve has put gambling into it at the same time. Because yeah, there's true. loot boxes that you can only get from the battle pass, and then inside those loot boxes are rares and ultra rares that you can only get a small true. percentage of the time. And the that only way you sense. can get more of them is to buy more levels on the battle pass. Listen, I don't think that's the only reason. I distinctly remember one year when you and I were buying compendiums and we just could not stop because one of us had to be higher than the other. So we're like 30 or 40 levels higher than a thousand that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that like competition worth, we're, also we're drives. Up, we were up at like 1300 something. Were we really? Oh that's depressing. That is depressing. These <laughs> guys are so cool. You can, <laughs> you can actually look at your compendium levels on your profile. And uh, I, I look at You display them proudly. I looked at mine and it's like <laughs> compendium level two, compendium level six. One of them was like compendium level like two hundred and something. 
I look at Alex's and it's like 1,000, 1,000, 1,000. It's like, holy crap, dude. I have oh, all the ultra rares from those battle passes, though, don't I? That's right. I you do. don't have the cosmically rare, though. No, I don't need the cosmically rare. I don't think it looks good anyway. It's stupid. Nah, that's true. It's kind of a weird thing. Oh, the, we didn't also mention this. Every year, when you get to 1,000, you get like a special Aegis. That oh, comes yeah. in a box with like a glass panel, like a like a physical thing that they ship to you. Would yeah. you like to show us one, Aaron? Yeah, I mean they're they're all like oh. right back, right there. There's like four <laughs> of them right there. There you go. There it is. But there you go. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> so, so look at that. Alex gets his and he like shows it off proudly. I didn't get to level a thousand in the last compendium. And then while we're gone on a trip, he sends me a. I don't remember if it was a text or maybe we were FaceTiming. You're just like. <laughs> Hey, uh, do you wanna do you want an Aegis? Because I'm getting another one. Oh my god! I got a second one <laughs> for free. They, they, just... they accidentally shut me shut me too this year. I don't know why. <laughs> did you just say the words for free? <laughs> yes. Yes. No, he did not. <laughs> hey, how much money, like, did you spend on that? You can actually look up your lifetime spend on uh, yeah, uh, Dota, no. and Alex oh, has done that before. Why would you do that? Oh, do oh that you don't want to know. You do not even want to it, know. It's like, I mean, I think Chad and Alex what? might know this, but it's like slash played for World of Warcraft. You never oh, yeah. want to hit slash played because you don't want to know the damage that's been done to your life. Well, Listen, if you divide the number of dollars I've spent over the number of hours I've played, pretty good deal, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Real. All right. That's that's and, valid. I'm honestly a hypocrite because I, I have a uh, spending sheet that I finally developed because I kept trying to remember how much I've spent on Epic Games and it's 1,838. Oh, that's not... <laughs> that's, that's on Fortnite alone. Yeah. You're talking on about Fortnite, you... that's Ooh. bad. <laughs> yeah. How long has it been since you really played that game? Uh, Jeez. Like really played it? Like maybe, really played it. Maybe like, actually probably a year. Because Hyperscape came out like a year ago, and that's when I stopped playing Fortnite. Went really, really into Hyperscape for like a month, and then that game died. <laughs> Alex, before the podcast is over, can you tell us your number for Dota 2? <laughs> There's a smirk. I, I, I have it pulled up, and I'm not going to oh. say it. <laughs> I look at that number, and I'm like, man, that's rent. Like, <laughs> is it? Are you are you at five digits yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <All> right. <laughs> oh man, I'm not not five digits. Oh, but you're you close. I can see you it include... on your face. Now this is also Decimal including values. trips and stuff like that, right? Like going to the internationals and and. Oh no, I didn't include any. This of that. does not no. include. You buy those separately. Yeah, that's oh. a different thing. This is just purely oh, in-game cosmetics. Together. Oh god. I mean, oh, no. at one point he spent like a hundred dollars to get this Juggernaut set that is basically impossible to get. But you, I don't even remember it. how many treasure chests you opened to get it. Yeah, like 50 now, or something. Have I ever seen another person have that in a game? No. no. I, I have never I seen so anybody cool have that. I look so cool when I play Juggernaut. You do. You do. How you definitely you do. Very rarely. Very often. <laughs> you guys must be like really good at Dota then. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dota Pro over here. Uh, Chad, let's go back to you. What have you, you been playing? Yeah, so we've touched on a few of these games, but to breeze over them uh, Strange Brigade, Hold Fast, Nations at War outward um i started playing it takes two actually i think i played a good amount of it takes two with frank the other night um the concepts in that game are are really clever although i'm kind of confused as to why over the internet you still have that split screen effect going on mm. it, it weirded me out that i was able to see him playing the entire time 
uh vice versa and it's like your screen like it's uh there are some sections where, like this could be a good like one screen like this one right here this good one screen area um yeah the bosses in that game are pretty cool uh the different tools that you get given and how they work together i think is really really cool um we played pulsar alex didn't mention this but oh, we played pulsar a little bit ago um which actually what's the actual title of that pulsar lost colony it's a it's a space crew game and so you get different um roles so one person's like piloting one person is a scientist trying to make sure that you know we we have all the hacks going on or the um, it's like it's like non-copyright star trek <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh there's a you have to have a captain because he's the one that actually gets to decide everything um and the best part of the game is when you're in transit there's liar's dice that you can go do down in the um break room and so you you know you send the ship off to go to a planet or whatever you go downstairs and you start doing liar's dice uh so that game's pretty fun we did a bunch of races and stuff and and got a ton of money i don't think we were supposed to win the some of the races we did but we we pulled it out man we pulled it out uh is this vr or is this just it can be it is a VR game, uh, but you can. We all played it without VR. But the next time I play it, I do want to play it in VR because that looks very interesting. Um, and I've gotten back into. I was I was like on a hiatus and I was only playing Guild Wars Two for a while. Uh, but I've gotten back into Warzone. Uh, but I've only played the Rebirth version, like the Rebirth uh, mode, because I can't. I just can't put myself through. The regular Warzone right now with all the hackers and just campers it's so and bad, man. I just can't do it. But the rebirth, even with like doing random squads, because of the fact that you get to revive for a certain period of time as long as you have your teammates alive, it's really easy to kind of just form, you know, just keep going in with random squads and, and playing that. Um actually got a really nice dub yesterday with my father on that one. We had two random people with us. My dad had a solid kill. The rest of the team were Nine plus kills each. It's great. <laughs> um, let's talk about a couple game related things. Um, first and foremost, there is a Dead Space remake allegedly in the works. Yeah, uh, yeah. EA announced that they're doing a Dead Space remake. That's um, exciting. Is That's it a remake? A reboot? It's, the rumor was reboot, but I've since heard remake. Okay. Yeah. Which is kind of disappointing because Dead Space is not that old. Came right. out in 08. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll be cool. Yeah, I mean, EA also, you know, they are the ones who ran the franchise into the ground and then, <laughs> you know, got rid of the studio entirely. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they'll do better the second time. But Man, color, I... color me, uh, you know, a little skeptical. I just had a video come across my YouTube page about how awesome Dead Space 2 is and how it's like one of the coolest crafted games because like dead space 2 is like uh it's not really advertised as such but they did the whole god of war like single shot camera thing like well did before they? god of war did it yeah wow and the video was talking about how like how well that is implemented in that game how everything is like even the menus and like like anything that you'd have to do dialogue wise or choice wise or menu wise is built into this one shot camera whereas like God of War is a single shot, except for like 
oh, I got to open up my inventory to put on this new shoulder pad. And it's like, oh, well, that cuts away to that. So, I sure. mean, it's that sort of thing. But it's like all holographic displays everywhere in game for Dead Space 2. It's pretty cool. Kind of made me want to play that game, even though it's a scary game. <laughs> yeah. I probably couldn't play it. I actually did try to play Dead Space when that game came out forever it's, ago. It's pretty intense, especially at the beginning. Yeah. Yep. You might, maybe you could do the bad one. You could do Dead Space 3. <laughs> That's co-op, right? I could probably play it's, that one. It is basically a co-op shooter yes. where the enemies are gross. Like Resi 5? Uh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Or for 3 year For 3 year I never played that one either. Three-er. Yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. The word on the street, or like the sales point, is that they're like, they're inspired by the Resi 2 remake. Oh. Which, I mean, that's... That right, obviously that well. sounds good, but yeah. like that sounds like we want to make money like the Resi Two. Yes, <laughs> mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. D- Dead Space is already a over-the-shoulder third-person shooter. You're not going from like a totally different type mm. of game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like Resident Evil Two was originally like fixed-camera survival horror, so making it a third-person shooter was like a big change. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna remake about Dead Space One. Like, obviously you can make it pretty first-person now. I mean, maybe that could be neat. I doubt they'll do that. That sounds like a risk. Yeah. It's VR. I mean, again, that could be cool. Um, should we also talk about uh, Assassin's Creed Infinity as well? Yeah. Uh, have you guys? Did you guys hear about this? There was a I, leak. I did. Heard about this, and this is bizarre it. to me. Yeah. So there was a leak, basically, that Ubisoft confirmed as soon as the rumor got out. Mm-hmm. which, you know, kind of weird, that the next Assassin's Creed is actually going to be a games-as-a-service game. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. They mentioned that instead of them having different studios working on Assassin's Creed and it bouncing back and forth and then putting out a new one every single year, they wanted to, like... And it's part of Ubisoft's entire thing of, like, hey, we're tired of making a new game every year. What if we just make a good game that lasts several years kind of thing. And so this was them being like, yeah, we're going to do Assassin's Creed Infinity, and it's going to be like Assassin's Creed that you know and love, and we're just going to add to it. And so like every year, you know, we're just going to add a little bit more to this story, into this game, into this universe or whatever, where you get kind of smaller installments throughout rather than just like nothing and then a game and then nothing and then a game, and they have to, like, rush to make it. Now they can be like, oh, yeah, here, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I don't know how I feel about it. They're going to put out, like, three expansions, and then everybody's going to be complaining about load times, and they're going to be like, yeah. all right, well, we're going to vault all this old content. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> uh, new because... coming. It seems Gosh. weird to me, because, like, at Assassin's Creed DLCs are not exactly popular. Like, I don't know about your own experiences yeah. with the franchise, but there's there's no DLC that I've ever played or looked at from the franchise and been like, oh, man, that one, so good. Like, it's pretty much like you play the main game, maybe you watch a Twitch streamer do the, the DLC stuff so you can, like, figure out if there's any more story going on that you're actually intrigued with. And that's the, the end of it. Does this mean that this game is multiplayer? See, we don't know. Yeah. That's they... maybe, I guess. Or is this the first game of the service game that is a single player title? 
Maybe. I don't that's, I, that's they haven't really twist. said anything else about yeah. it. Um so I'm like on the one hand, I think this is a cool idea because it's like, yeah, I would like to not have fifteen Assassin's Creeds that you kind of bounce around and I'd like to have one that can I can kind of follow the story around. Um, because sometimes the story is really good. But I have to preface it, sometimes the story is good, because sometimes it's really fucking dog shit, and then I do not care about the story. I just want to be, like, wherever it's set and do the fun things in that time frame, because I don't know if anyone actually pays attention to what's going on in the Assassin's Creed storylines, like the modern-day bullshit, or the stuff that happened, like, with the elder races or whatever that were aliens but not aliens i don't know that weird entire thing look i went down an entire youtube rabbit hole to understand what happens in assassin's creed and let me tell you something a i'm very confused b it's stupid <laughs> uh Listen. and c it's just give me whatever time frame assassinations like that's why we play this game you don't play it to figure out that like Loki was actually an old person that was from a technologically advanced society, and now he's inside of a human body somewhere on Earth that's lived for 500 years. Like, you don't play this game for that bullshit. You play it because you want to be a Viking and stab someone in the face. Yeah, so just play the game. Don't worry about the lore. If you want to know more about the story, you can just go watch the movie, because... Uh, Let me tell you something. That movie isn't nearly as bad as it could have been, but it is not good. Well, whoa, <laughs> is it nearly as bad? As it could have been, but it is still not good. I don't know, man. That might be a low point in Michael Fassbender's career. Yikes. Yeah. I mean, probably, but again, they could have done a lot worse with it. it could I don't have, have been a like... list of Michael Fassbender movies in front of me, but I'm guessing it's the worst Michael Fassbender movie. I mean, I... It was in The Snowman, which I've yeah. heard is... Terrible that like they didn't even finish shooting that movie before they put it in theaters. Excuse me. Oh. Yeah, they like they didn't film like I think the director had said like fifteen percent, which means Jesus. that's probably on the low end. Wow. Oh my gosh. How? Okay, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I played Assassin's Creed for Desmond Miles' story. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. For sure. Yeah, and how Desmond. I'm had sad to... that they got rid of all that. <laughs> no, but Desmond's not completely gone. Yeah, C come on, Ad Desmond's inside of the Animus, okay. and and <laughs> now God. now I'm like now your character is getting inside the Animus, and you're trying to follow Desmond's footsteps because he's leading you breadcrumbs because it's always about fucking Desmond, man. I wish, I really wish they would have like during the Desmond Miles story early on in Assassin's Creed. I wish they would have like had the Animus be the link between all ubisoft games and have this be like a connected universe well, because that, that totally could have been a thing that was that was quasi what they did with black flag right is that like when you boot in black flag because no one remembers this but for the first like three minutes of cutscenes, it's just like hey user thanks for demoing out our our app you know uh like as asbestos yeah. game or whatever the fuck they're called asbestos uh, yeah you got <laughs> you got in one uh abstergo <laughs> that's what it is abstergo, they're like, yeah. hey thanks for playing our abstergo game uh this will let you relive some of the uh memories of uh your ancestor on a home console and it's just like kind of doing this fourth wall break wink wink nudge yeah. nudge kind of thing and, and i was like, was like kind of fake ubisoft and yeah they have like all their games in there but and i liked yeah, that and I, I, I thought I that was really neat 
and they didn't like need to full do tilt with it where like the animus actually connected like the universes of like far cry and Watch Dogs oh, and God. like like all cool. the big ubisoft titles alex desmond miles isn't even in far cry that doesn't make any yeah. sense <laughs> i'm excited for them to release a game where you play somebody going into the animus and experiencing desmond's life oh my That's god yes yeah finally give the people <laughs> what they want exactly gosh yeah, uh, so it's interesting. I just looked it up for what it's worth, Jake. The Snowman has a seven percent uh, Rotten Tomatoes. So what's um, Assassin's Creed? Then? It's at an eighteen. That's uh-huh. way better. Wow! <laughs> oh, wow. I told you. It's a lot it, higher. I, I, honestly speaking, you can boot up the Assassin's Creed movie and you can watch it. It is not a good movie, but it is at least watchable. It is not like Cat's level of bad. Well, <laughs> and it could have been Cat's level of bad. Technically, Assassin's Creed is Fassbender's third worst movie on here. Number one oh, is no. Summit. Number two is a 2010 movie starring a whole bunch of big names. Uh, Josh Brolin, John Malkovich, Michael Fassbender, Me- uh, Will Arnett, and Megan Fox called Jonah Hex. Oh, um, I, remember I remember that. Jonah Hex. 12%. Yeah, it's wow. not a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, last but not least in games, uh, we should probably mention, because we talked about Mist earlier, uh, Chad, you said you 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 see that uh, abduction is free right now on Epic. Yeah, abduction is from the creators of Mist free until uh, July twenty second. You got a nice. week. Grab your copy. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not Mist, but it's not bad. Yep, exactly that. So uh, I mean, it's a thirty dollar game that you're getting for free. Even yeah, if that, you don't install it right I now. Yeah. For free. Yeah. yeah, I mean, <laughs> Alex already has it because Correct. you know he's got that yeah. crazy algorithm. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, games in the news and mm-hmm. things, uh, have you guys uh, seen the video game auction news that came out this week? Uh, first uh, of all, we've got uh, a record-breaking auction for The Legend of Zelda, a unboxed, still sealed Legend of Zelda, you know, the first game, uh, sold for, I think it was something like $870,000, yeah, $870, which is a lot. But then, not to be outdone, <laughs> Big Brother Mario for Mario 64 won up on the auction block a couple hours after and sold for a cool $1.5 million. This is uh... wild. That is ridiculous. I just don't understand millennial age influencers with too much money. Yes. Yeah, like I they they did not comment. The auction on site did not comment on who bought this uh, auction, but I one point five million dollars for an uh, for a completely sealed Mario sixty four. Uh, Jake, hmm. how many sealed Mario uh, uh, N sixty four games do you have sitting behind you right now? I mean, they're all been, they've all been opened. So oh, zero. they've all been opened? I thought you had at least one sealed one back there. Um, mm-hmm. Nope. I just but, have the boxes. <laughs> but they got the boxes. That's most of it. And they're, they, you bought them for, what, like 20 bucks a piece? Maybe? Yeah, I mean, my technically, my aunt's got all these at yard sales mm. when I was, like, eight, so I would leave yeah. them alone. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just, you know, as as somebody who actually has a collection of, of N64 games still in box, um... You know, how does it feel that a small piece of plastic is the difference between what you have behind you and uh, $1.5 million? And it's the, it's the rarity of it being freshly sealed that drives up the cost, I guess. Right. 
yeah, also just... like the quality of things because there's like even open things without the game itself like just the boxes go for like twenty thousand dollars if they're like psa 10 quality or whatever agency oh. is rating that kind of stuff yeah, that it just <laughs> it is it is so bizarre to me that people would spend so much money on this kind of stuff but i guess you know uh Millennials are are now in a space that we've got money and you know nostalgia is a thing and so why not spend your hard earned millions on video why games? Not? Hard, hard earned millions. Why not? Yes. Yeah, one point five uh, million reasons why not. Yeah, <laughs> roughly. I've got I I've got a uh, uh an unboxed copy of of uh Star Wars Battlefront 2 sitting next to me here for the original Xbox. Uh I'll start uh starting bid at 1 1 million dollars please. Just whoever wants to give that to me that'd be awesome. Thanks. That's, we still got like another 20 years till those come around. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then yeah, I can yeah. and then I just hit up like Logan Paul, right? And he'll yeah. just Okay, cool. Oh the, god. <laughs> start selling PS2 games oh, for a million dollars in like 10 20 years. Speaking of Logan Paul in the oh. the collection stuff if anybody watched the fight of uh, Mayweather and Logan Paul, he no walked reason out. To watch the fight. <laughs> I watched it; it was it was ridiculous. Uh, he he walked out with a PSA 10 Charizard diamond necklace. Yeah, it's hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> if you've got stupid amounts of money. Um, also, in video game related news, uh, and this is more up uh, Jake's camp. Um, EA was looking at their uh, legendary edition of Mass Effect and said, you know, maybe the gratuitous booty shots of Miranda in Mass Effect 2 is a bit much. So we're going to move the camera angle up a little bit. Uh, And of course, the fans were like, why would you do that? We want our Miranda booty. And so they put it back into the game. They modded it back into the game. (laughs) Wait, they did. Yeah, but the interesting thing is the person that did the mod is someone who, back for the original Mass Effect 2, created a mod to move the camera up so mm-hmm. it wouldn't be giving... So so this person, 10 years ago, or whenever Mass Effect 2 came out, was like, too much booty, made a mod so that way there was less booty. And now EA is going, <laughs> yo, less booty, and this person's like... Fucking nah, man. Give the people <laughs> what they want. I can do that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and reverted it back. And so I guess it's just kind of a thing of just, uh, you know, give. I guess this person just wants to give the players the option whether you want the booty or not. You can make that choice. No, I mean, that seems, seems fair. Just yeah. be a contrarian. Yeah, it, this person's just a contrarian. I've just found it very interesting and good for them. <laughs> just good for you. Um, Let's talk about one way you could play those games. Ooh, good segue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was fucking butter. <laughs> Did you guys hear about this Steam Deck? No, but I'm looking at it right A now, and uh, yeah. it seems very you say, expensive. You say Stream Deck? Steam. Steam Deck. <laughs> Steam Deck. Steam. It's basically... It looks, it looks very Switch-esque. It is, it is a Steam Switch, essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's like a yeah. little handheld computer. I just, I want to know if I can just, you know, whip it out on a train and just start playing don't with my deck. Don't whip it out on a train. I don't know if I want to be whipping my deck out on a train. I just feel like it might be a little much. It might scare people. This was, like, rumored to be announced at the E3 stuff, and it didn't. Mm. And then now, all of a sudden, it's here, and it's weird. This I mean, it uh, looks a lot better than that uh, Nintendo Switch OLED. 
Got them. They're sticking with the track pads, huh? Steam likes Apparently, yeah. yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't really, really know why. About the Steam controller, it's, but I've not really used it very much. It's really only for games that you would want to use a mouse on, because it's way better to use the trackpads on those types of games, like uh, right. RTSs and stuff like that. Well, it, it seems like it'd be really th- annoying to use those buttons. This thing, yeah. Well, I don't know, because I one of the problems I have with the Switch is, like, I get my hands get sore if I'm if I don't have that case on it because the mm-hmm. or, the button orientation. I feel like with this angle because they're up, like maybe you could hold your hands in a bit like more comfortable ergonomic position. Maybe. I don't know. It looks. I mean, it looks well designed. It does. It, it's got a pretty price tag. Yeah. Oh, how much is it running? It's four hundred dollars for the lowest model. That's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I mean, what was Switch when it came out? Was three hundred? Three hundred? Yeah, yeah. sorry, three hundred. Yeah. Right? Yep, it's anybody, still 300. Are there, has anybody looked into this too much? Is it running stuff locally or is it just streaming? No, it's running stuff locally. It's basically it a handheld PC, yeah. Okay. Okay, for, for it being a handheld PC, $400 is not bad, I think. Well, it looks like a heavy device. Too. Yeah, it does look heavy. Uh, I think we know the weight. I don't oh. have it on here. I'll tell uh, you how heavy my, my deck is. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> oh my? <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Seven to eight hours of battle life. I mean, my deck is probably ten grams. <laughs> Gosh, tech specs. I, I use it to stream though. So, <laughs> kind of performance are we getting out of this bad boy? Size and weight. It weighs six hundred and sixty-nine grams. I know exactly I what, that know what that means. means. Yeah. What is that? I'm in America. <laughs> uh, let me look. Grams to pounds. It weighs one point four pounds. That is. Lighter than the switch? Why you say it if you're gonna say it with a question? Because <laughs> I think the switch is two pounds, but I don't fucking know. Which so... is approximately 0.66. I mean, the important parts when yeah. you look at the the stats on this thing, at least from what I'm looking at, 420 grams for the OLED model with Joy Cons. Their their uh, display is 1280 by 800. Yep. Um, 60 hertz refresh rate, but they do have uh, external connectivity for 8K at 60 hertz. Yeah, or like th- this thing's gonna run anything at 8K. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that is right. Something you're something you're streaming or something you're you're playing over Steam Play or whatever it's called. Sure. Actually, I do wonder. They've said they're working on the dock. I wonder if it's like one of those situations where you could dock it with a more powerful graphics mm. card, maybe. Oh, that would be cool. That would be cool. I want to die. <laughs> oh, let's talk about this. Get the joke out. Let's talk about the Switch OLED, though. <laughs> oh man, the the what dis- a disappointment. disappointment. Yeah, jeez. I so first of all, just the name. I think they're trying to compete with Xbox for a worse name because the official title is Nintendo Switch parenthesis OLED model parenthesis. <laughs> Wait, it's As, just okay. Not great. To be sure. at least that's descriptive. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's not iPad. Yeah, it's not yeah. the new Nintendo Switch. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that's what they did for 3DS. <laughs> Nintendo like, Switch you. U. Yeah, yeah, right. Like at least you see Nintendo Switch OLED model, and you go, "Oh, it's the one it. with the OLED." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand what I'm buying now. Um, I think the problem with that is I don't. I doubt that it's going to be like on the box. Is it? I don't know. I don't know what the yeah, box it'll looks like. Probably be on the box somewhere. Anyway, really? it's it's almost identical to the original switch except for it has an oled screen that is seven inches versus the original switch has a 6.2 inch lcd ah, yeah. which is important because if you do the what is that called nintendo labo it like allegedly won't fit any of those components 
Oh, dude, it's all my Labo shit's not compatible? <laughs> no. no. Oh, it's slightly heavier. It's slightly larger. It has an OLED screen. It has like cool. the same battery life. It has the same performance. Cool. The dock has a Ethernet port now. Oh. Built in. Cool. Yeah. That's it. It's like it's like a hundred dollars more expensive or something. Hey, you got a, OLEDs are expensive. It says three fifty, so fifty three fifty expensive. That's just a disappointment. There were like so many rumors. Yeah. Mm. To be fair, okay. There were rumors about like a 4K switch. Why in the fuck would Nintendo make a 4K switch? Yeah, <laughs> that was nope. never gonna happen, y'all. No, the 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 switch screen itself wouldn't be 4K, but it would be able to out dock 4K. to a 4K Even TV. Still, yeah. Have they ever made an HD console? Do they need to? And, yes, no, that's, true. that's what I'm saying. I mean, regu yeah. Regular HD, sure. Yeah, everything's I mean, been okay, 1080p sure, since sure. the Wii. Like, I would have liked to have seen a Switch model that, you know, had Joy-Cons that actually functioned correctly or oh, better you internet like connection. Yeah, but, like, I guess this, the, the, this was an option, sure. There's so many, quote-unquote, like, sources that have, like, oh, yeah, for sure, there's this Switch model that has all this cool upgrades and everything. So it's, like, weird that this is coming out. I don't know. I... I've, I strongly feel like they have another model that is not putting out for some reason. And who knows if they like ever a, will. It's like a temporary hold. I mean, the thing is, though, the original Switch is still selling like hotcakes, so they don't really sure. need to do anything. I mean, it's not like they have a serious audience that would purchase something that outputs in 4K on a dock or that has a higher resolution screen. I mean, people are buying the original Switch left and right. I think it's still the fastest selling yeah. console. I'm sure it is. Yeah. I just got one. Yeah, hey, look at that. There's one. I mean, the important part of like an upgraded, like faster model would be like games like Breath of the Wild and stuff that are barely running at acceptable frame rates could have like more stable frame rates and stuff. Right. Sure. Like the the PS4 Pro like boost mode or whatever that they have for older games, like that sort of thing, but on a Switch. Yeah, boost mode. Uh I want to talk about a few other things here. Uh, board games, first of all. Um, Owen, what is Bob's Burgers yeah. Family Food Fight? <laughs> uh, so I uh, went over and hung out with uh, Jake over there. And oh, uh, Jake had <laughs> this wonderful game. And so we played it. And it is incredibly entertaining. Um, for those that are fans of Bob's Burgers, this game, awesome. If you're not fans of Bob's Burgers, still pretty solid. Um I mean, basically, the idea is that there's all of these food tokens on everyone's, like, placemats, and you just throw them at each other. You're rolling dice that tells you how many to grab from who and what, and you just, just toss them at each other, and it just, it's a lot of fun. It is an insane amount of entertainment, uh, and I just wanted to bring it up because I had a really good time with it, and I think uh, AJ said that it was, like, a $25, $30 game, and I was like, yeah, for that, people should buy this and play it. It is well worth it. Okay, what's like the, the goal same of, amount the of fun? To get the most uh, food? Uh, well, uh, it <laughs> depends on the type that you're playing. Some of them are the most food, some are less food. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, it all Bunch depends. Versions. There's, like, there's like three ways to play, I think. Two of them are get everything off of your plate, uh, and then one of them is to get the most shit on your plate, essentially. Mm. It's but it's just kind of like a 
kind of chaotic. Has anyone played the game Spoons? Is that a reference yeah. anyone's going to understand? Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like it's like that. Oh, okay. Where it's just like, you know, it's like part card game, but mostly just like a mad scramble to get mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. It is it is fun. Spoons. That game gets violent if you're not careful. You got yeah, right. to make sure you're playing with the right set of people. I did. I heard when I was in high school, a group of people didn't have spoons, but they had forks. So they played it with forks and people got hurt. People got hurt. Weird. I don't Weird. know why you're not Maybe. playing it with steak knives. So, yeah. You know. I mean, well, gonna live life on the edge. You gotta live yeah. life on the edge. Uh, with that steak knife and a person <laughs> slits their hand over. It's like, ah. I think it's really rough when people have rings on that have sharp tops. Oh my on God. Them. Not allowed. Uh, yes. Nasty. Yes. See, my favorite part of spoons isn't to go quick; it's to be that sly one. Yeah. That's kind of like that's always the trick. And then you just in there. stare at the pile, and you're just like, yeah. "Man, you guys suck." Somebody looks over, realizes you're not picking up cards anymore. There's just a pile stacking next to you. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just holding this spoon. <laughs> spoons where it's in the other room where you have yes. to like run to the net. Oh yeah, there's God. like a table in the other room. Yeah, we used yeah. to play it that way. That was fun. Can't do sneaky that way. No, well, you could. It gets that was kind of dream. I want to talk about a few things film uh, related uh, as well. Has anybody finished Loki besides me? I I, we, I just finished it a couple oh, hours ago. Man, uh, I need. Let me just go ahead and tell you what my personal opinion is: the best Marvel series that they've put out. Oh wow! I think. Ooh, okay. Not, not, like <laughs> be, I think it's better than uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it's better than WandaVision. Okay, I. I'm going to respectfully disagree. Yeah, you usually do about most opinions on I, the I, forecast. So, I, wow, <laughs> it's not I, wrong though. I, <laughs> Tell I, me I, why. I'm listening. Why? Yeah. I, I. So here's the here's the thing, and the reason why I disagree is because of the fact that I wish it had more of a conclusion of the story. Yeah. <gasps> And because this is very much a, okay, we'll see you in the next season, which none of us knew they were doing another season until literally the end trailer. Uh, They just put a fucking thing on that says, we're doing this again in season two, which is fine. But it just was kind of a thing that I was like, man, I now like all of these characters are all over the place. I wanted some sort of conclusion. Like, and that's where I liked the Winter Soldier and uh, uh, Falcon better is because of the fact that it had a story that I went through. It had a conclusion, but then it also had something to be like, hey, but there's going to be more. Hey, there's there's going to be more happening rather than just being like, you're never going to know what's going to happen until season two comes out. So just fucking wait. And that I was just kind of like, ah, I liked it. I thought it was awesome, and I'm very excited for season two, but now it just sucks because you have to wait for fucking season two sure. to understand yeah, where I, I have to show. I think I'd have to agree with the, the concept there of just because it has that open-ended ending, it's kind of like you feel like, okay, there's more content, and so I think that weights the opinion on how good the series is. Mm. Um... I I I don't know. I liked it, but I also felt like they did a disservice to Loki. And the way I best can put it is I felt like he was a sub character in his own like series. <laughs> like the the way they handled um him falling for stuff that he shouldn't have or his power being ridiculous at some points but then like he was getting tossed around by an agent. It, like it just didn't make sense to me. 
like how they kept doing the like the power difference and then the fact that they like made it to where the infinity stones are just like meaningless i don't know it, i feel like so i i feel like i have a rebuttal to both those number one i think i like i really appreciated that loki felt powerless in the show because normally his character somehow is just in charge of some world ending event and he is pretty successful up until like right at the end and then somehow the avengers overcome him so to see him just like stumbling and struggling to get through with like common tasks or normal things was a I feel like a refresher and it was fun to watch his character try and navigate that because clearly that's like he always comes out on top one way or the other. Um I don't I don't know. And then the uh wait, what what even was the second point I was gonna make? Now I don't the remember. Infinity stones. Oh the infinity stones, yes. I mean I feel like they have to they have to move away from the Thanos arc. I think that's probably the best way to do it is to just be like, okay, remember that old thing? Yeah, whatever. Who cares? The new thing is even crazier. <laughs> okay, but like, all right. So if you guys haven't seen it, has everybody seen the last episode? Alex, do you need to, to move away for a second? I have not seen any of it. So pre- be prepared for my scathing review in two weeks. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm about to like spoil something major. If if, if people haven't, like I want to discuss this with somebody. Deafen like, myself. Yeah. Deafen yourself. Jake and Caleb, do you care? Do you see, Have you I've seen it? I have not seen it, but I also don't care. So okay. go for it. <laughs> so there was a comment by the last guy who we think is Kang the Conqueror. It's not it's not explicitly said it's a variant of him. And he said, uh, do you want to kill you know, go back and kill Thanos? I'll let you do it. And it's like what? Yeah. Like that just it it's literally <clears throat> meaningless. For Iron Man to have died, if that's if that's what he's saying, like that that just ruins the whole Phase One leading up into like Endgame and stuff like that. It just blows my mind that they're just like Infinity Stones worthless, Thanos well, worthless. But if you think about like anybody else, they would have picked like any of the supervillains they would have picked. Their powers are so cosmically strong that no matter what they do, it's gonna erase the the legitimacy and the strength of Thanos from the first arc. It's going to be like, he's just going to be so small in terms of power scaling to whoever they choose next. I mean, they could have gone with anybody. Kang the Conqueror, I feel like, is actually not even that intense of a choice. They could have gone even further down that road. Right. I, I agree with that, but I just, I feel like they could have written it in a way that it wasn't so, like, demeaning to, mm. like, Captain America and Iron Man and their struggles that they had to go through to defeat right. Iron Man. And the fact that Loki died, we don't know, there's hints that he made a clone and, like, what whatever, but died against Thanos and him just being like, no, I can give you the power to kill Thanos, no problem. Right, right. Like, ah. Hmm. I don't know. Shall I- we transition with Alex back? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We can we can bring that guy back in. Uh, Aaron pointed out something that made me connect to connect like Loki's character to how I feel about the show. He said something about how Loki's always like in the lead up till the very end. It's how I felt about the show. It was like super good. And then I was very bored by the ending. You felt like he was in control. No, I felt like he. Oh, no. OK, I'm saying the show was really good. And then I did not like the ending like at all. Funny. It's funny. Just, it was very I found it very uninteresting. Mm. Man, Derek's just done listening to the podcast after he's heard this <laughs> review of Loki. <laughs> uh, okay, so since we're on Marvel, we should probably talk about the other Marvel thing that came out, which is yeah, Black, Black Widow. Widow. Oh, and please tell me you're going to have the opposite opinion of Black Widow that you did of Loki. 
because I feel this coming. You're gonna just go. You love Black Widow, uh, like I best thought, Marvel movie. No, I, I, <laughs> okay. but I thought it was pretty solid. It, it was <gasps> so. So I, I will say, um, it was very nice that in uh, the the last week that I saw both In the Heights and Black Widow in theaters. Um, since my theater finally opened back up, and so I was like, "Wow, this is awesome!" Getting popcorn again, like sitting in the theater watching it, I was very mm. excited. Uh, and I think part of you know Black Widow for me was you know sitting there and as the credits roll up and you know Allison like whispers over to me she's like you're watching a Marvel movie in theaters again and I was like I know and so I was very excited and happy about that and uh, I thought they did a really good job with her story I just feel like the my my only complaint of it is that they've messed up Black Widow so badly from previous stories, <coughs> Joss Whedon shit, uh, that uh, when they go back to try to like make references to that time frame and era or try to like correct things from it, it is very obvious that they're correcting from it. And it, it just kind of is one of those things that like it feels weird because you know that they're trying to right previous wrongs and you're just kind of like, yeah. Yeah. And you have to admit that you fucked up, but it's it's just odd that you have to bring it back up. It's also a weird time for this story. That's what stood out to me the most is like uh, Derek and I were talking about. He's like, I would have loved this movie if it came out five years ago. But the problem is it's so it's yeah. like almost irrelevant at this point. Like, yeah. what, what are we even telling? It's not there's sure. not a continuation of the Marvel Universe. It's like, let's go back and tell a cool story. But I, it's just I, it's just I too had... late. It's removed. I had the same reaction to the vest as I did when watching mm-hmm. uh, Solo and the fucking dice. <laughs> and just being like, I'm glad that I have this story about how this came to be a thing. But I don't know if I needed this to be a thing. Like, yeah. I don't know if I actually needed an entire story about this. But, like, cool, we got it, sure. You know, I I felt the... Uh, you know, like the main question that I had coming into this is what happened in Budapest? Like that's right, the thing that was right. always referenced by everybody. And I was like, okay, what happened in Budapest? And then we find out what happened and infinitely less cool, but also infinitely way more dark than what yeah. anyone was expecting. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Cause they reference it all the time. Her and Clint. I mean, yeah. it's just like. We don't talk about Budapest, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah, but they never, they never, like, mentioned, like, don't talk about it or that it was, like, something dark and bad. They were just like, oh, yeah, like, you remember that time very differently than me. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, jokes. And then when you actually, like, see what happened, you're like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. dark. I, I, I mean, I, I'm glad that we know now, and I enjoyed watching the, the movie, and I'm glad that Black Widow finally got her own tale, um, but I do wish I, that we got this sooner, and I wish that there was more, like, honestly, of an before, impact. Before Infinity War, if this movie would have come out, it would have been really good. I, I think it would have been, it just would have landed very well. It just, I don't know. It didn't have the same even, weight, no. I think even right before Endgame, just because... Yeah, it, it, I mean, yes. yeah. right. They, yeah, they no. put Captain Marvel there instead because they needed to. <laughs> and, like, or else you would have just been like, oh, it's it's Captain Marvel, all right. Like, in yeah, Endgame. Exactly. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But it's weird. It was, it, it was a fine movie. It, like, if it would have come yeah. out in the same era that, like, uh, Winter Soldier came out, it would have been really cool. 
It'd been like a great action movie, but it just oh yeah, yeah. it it is a great action movie. I suggest people watch it. Yeah. Do we know if it's like the last Black Widow showing for Marvel? I mean, there were shots of uh, Scarlett Johansson and her stunt double on set, like hugging for the last time on on Marvel sets for her character. So mm-hmm. I don't know if like they put that out as like a ooh, you know, this is the last movie, or if it's legit, like it's her character arcs are just okay. done. If it, it, I mean, it'd feel really weird for this to be like the send off for the character. It would be a little weird for this to be the send off because I feel like there's more to the story a little bit, and they gave themselves room for it. Like, I, the the burning question is how the hell does she get talk her way out of uh, bumping into uh, Ross? But yeah. you, you know, like that's the, she she stands up to Ross, but you never see the confrontation, and you know that she doesn't go to jail. So the real question then just becomes like how. What happened? Right. What did what did she say? What did she did she did she fight her way out of all of that? Did she just like what happened that she was able to like stand up to to Thunderbolt there, but then not get caught? So I was like, this is weird. Um, so I I think that there may be more. Maybe it gets explored more in uh you know the the Disney Plus stuff since obviously. Um, uh, uh, Pew's character is going to be part of the Disney Plus era of things. So, like, yeah. well, you I mean, know, hey, we get more, then that's plus, exciting. Plus Hawkeye. I mean that that that's going to tie into that too. So, yeah, the, the, I don't, I don't know. It, 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 there's just a couple things that I'm wondering, like character motivations. But all in all, I think that this is interesting. I really enjoyed the story that was there. It had a nice you know beginning middle end so there is conclusion at the end of what happened with some of the characters you kind of know and you have you have a sense of resolve and you're like okay cool so this is how this wraps up right. um, that's our movie review it had a beginning middle end unlike loki that had like a okay you know the characters are around come back next season we'll figure out what happens to all of them this has like a, a substantial ending that you see and you're like okay I I can I I know that these characters have moved on or this character is doing this for the time being and I'll pick back up with them in whatever next thing that they show up in and, you know there there's a resolution to it and so that was nice. Do we know if we're seeing season two of Loki first or like the multiverse of madness first? I think the multiverse comes out. You first. see multiverse of madness first. The real question is, is it going to be the um uh, quantum mania. Because Quantum Mania is the is the one that has uh, right. uh, where they're going to introduce him. As I think the that's. Villain. I feel like that's late 2022, so you might see Loki season two before that comes out. Yeah. But um, one last movie that I don't think we've talked about. Have we talked about this movie? Did we talk about this last podcast? Did we talk about F nine? I don't think we talked about it because think I think it we saw sound. it and we didn't have podcasts for a while. Oh, yeah. guys, <laughs> we need to briefly wow. touch base. Oh, okay. I, am I gonna have to mute myself because I don't want to be spoiled? Yeah, here. you don't want to ruin the plot. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's very on, before we even go. I can, you know, I can ruin the entire movie for you with one word: space, family, family. <laughs> of course, okay. family. Uh, does anybody really care about ruining plot here? Oh, nah, you actually, I, you're not gonna I mute yourself. I, right? I, I'm no. Okay, We're talking I about Fast and Furious Nine, by the way. Yeah, F nine. Uh, F nine. Or however, it's not uh, Fast like, and Furious. It's got to be like Fast Nine. It's, no, it's, it's, just, it's just F nine. It's F9. the prequel oh, it's just to uh, uh, Fast Ten. Your seatbelts. Listen, 
Alex if and not, I, the fast saga. first movie I've seen in a theater in a while, Alex and I were walking in and he goes, you know, or we're driving there and he goes, what's going to happen is uh, John Cena is going to be in a fight. His character's going to be a fight with Dom and then Dom at some point in the movie is going to go, family. And then John Cena's going to be like, yeah. And then he's going to join and they're going to fight the real bad guys. And literally that is the entire plot of the movie right there. You could just boil it down to that. That's it. Same characters, same basic plot, family. And then we go fight Cypher again. Yeah, just... good. Reuse that one. That's a good one. Yes. Yes. That is the plot of all the Fast movies, and uh, it is perfect. Okay. Uh, the first movie, they stole perfect. DVD players. It's yeah. totally different. <laughs> not even similar. It's, it's definitely not a movie. You go and have like that expectation of something that's going to Quality. be a master class. Uh-huh. It's definitely uh-huh. a... I'm about to go see a really stupid action movie. <laughs> Chad, was your favorite scene the one where uh, Dom was standing on top of that upside down military truck and he chucks the grenade? Bruh. And he just like, <laughs> oh my God. But wasn't he, didn't he like chuck it and it went in a window or something and then he ran all the way through the train? No, like, no, no. It was like sliding down the hill going 80 miles an hour upside down and he's on the roof and he throws a grenade in front of it and then goes inside, the grenade right. explodes okay. next to the vehicle, flips it, and so Dom keeps running as the vehicle is rotating, runs all the way to the front, gets in the driver's seat, now the vehicle's rolling, and when are it hits a road, I guess all you need to do to straighten it is just turn the wheel a little bit. Are you telling me he throws a grenade to correct? Yes. The- <laughs> yes. Fucking beautiful. I love this yes. movie. It's so good. Oh, it's- God, I gotta see it. <laughs> How have you not seen it yet? Okay, I dragged thing... Aaron night of release. Like, I couldn't on. wait. There were like five people in the theater because that's the level of quality. That's the amount yeah. of people who are going to go watch this movie. There was like Man, two just... people in the theater for me. That's um... just theaters currently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One thing I did uh, kind of as I was watching the movie uh, see that I thought was kind of wonderful was one, it's a very diverse team. Like, yeah. There, mm-hmm. There's so many different ethnicities and backgrounds. And then two, the females in the cast are doing BA things throughout the entire movie without it being like flaunted in your face, like Endgame, like uh, the, the girls unite. Girls, yeah, that, that yeah, whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you, you don't even notice it unless you think about it, but, but like it, they're portraying like powerful women, like the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, they're just doing all these, like, there was one point where one of the girls is like, I don't actually know how to drive this. But then she just like mastered driving the car. No problem. <laughs> so yeah. I, like, I mean, she was like a, a, you know, sweet hacker. If, if you remember other, it's Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Ramsey. Um, yeah. I thought that was like really well done. I think natural. The, the primary takeaway from the movie, actually not, that's the primary takeaway. The second takeaway really is that if you're falling, and you land on a moving car, <laughs> you're fine. Period. It prevents all injuries. If you're falling all... and you hit the road, you die. Yes. But if you land on a moving vehicle in some way, and not you're just fine. like a slow creeping moving vehicle, no, one that's going 80 miles an hour in the opposite direction, because somehow that's how physics works. No splat on the windshield. Oh no 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 no! Like not even really a bruise. It's like you <laughs> land, you look at the driver, and then you like crawl through the window and get in the seat. Yep. That's not the takeaway of the movie. The takeaway of the movie is family, obviously. Obviously. Yes, yes, yes. I will say they did have a very nice like ending scene when they're like when Dom was like, oh, there's still one seat open. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, they had to do a Paul Walker reference. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was was nice. He's like, no, he's on his way. And then you see his like blue car pulling up. 
Aww. Yeah, it was good. Rip. It was good. I feel like we've done this in the past, but before we wrap this up, I think we just need to go through the naming scheme of this franchise because <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. We have yes. the first one from 2001, The Fast and the Furious. Yes. All right. Perfect. So the second one, Too Fast, Too Furious, 2003. Like that <laughs> one's that one's okay because if you look at the, the era that, that one's in. We hungry. <laughs> My <laughs> pockets ain't empty, cuz. <laughs> If you look at the era that that movie's from, though, there's a lot of different movies that have like numbering in it, like inside of the title, like Too sure. Fast, Too Furious. Like there's other there's other stuff that so it's like kind of following the same thing. So you're thinking like, all right, the third one's gonna be titled something with three, right? I, of course not. Also, I just want to chime in real quick with the fact that the reason why Vin Diesel and a bunch of the other characters are not in two and everybody's not in three is because they were like. No, we don't want to be part of a franchise that's like overrated and Hollywood does that too much. Like, nah, we don't want sequels. Yeah, and then nice. after three, they were just like, you know what? Sequel money seems good. Let's go back. Right, right. It's like the eighth highest grossing franchise of all time now or something yeah. ridiculous. All of a sudden, they were yeah. like, wait a second. That was a stupid thing. We want money. Okay, Chad, I am sorry for interrupting. Continue no, you're fine. with Tokyo. Yeah, Vin Diesel was constantly like that. Like with Riddick, he only did like pitch black and. I think and the Chronicles rip, he didn't he didn't do anything else until later when they rebooted it or remade it or whatever. I forget what that one was. It was just Riddick. Riddick. Um, so anyways, you're thinking like the next title is going to be with a three in it, right? The Fast and the Furious colon Tokyo Drift. That's 2006, which technically isn't even the third one. Right. Yeah. If you actually right. look at the order. I'm surprised they ever just made like, a third one. Yeah, it's right. like the seventh movie in the entire franchise, supposedly. Chronologically, right. yeah. So that one's like a, a takeaway, right? So it's not really within the saga until like later. So you're thinking the fourth one coming out, this one's definitely going to have a number in it, right? Mm. No, Fast and Furious. Mm. They drop the buzz, <laughs> they drop the numbers. Drops. You know, 2009, Fast and Furious. So you're like, all right, we're restarting, you know, Maybe they're going to start doing numbering this time. And they it's do. a reboot, except for it's a direct sequel. So. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Right. And so you, you might you might be thinking thinking that they would do something, you know, numbering and start over again, like with like, you know, some twos or, you know, some. Nope. It's Fast Five. Fast Five. They dropped fast the five, Furious. Dude. Like Fast Five. That's it. 2011. So, all right. The next one that, you know, is probably going to be Fast Six, right? Or Furious Six. Oh, gosh. That would make, no. that would make sense. Furious Six. Uh, no, it's Fast and Furious Six. They had they had to put the and back in there. <laughs> they had to put the fast back in. Why? Uh, then you're like, okay, so they did Fast Five. They did Fast and Furious Six. So now we're just gonna do Fast and Furious Seven, and then we're gonna continue from there. It's Furious Seven. Mm-hmm. Furious. Drop the drop the fast end. Yeah. Uh, then we're Why like, not? all right, we're numbering. We went five, six, seven. So obviously it's gonna be eight, right? No, it's the fate of the furious. Hey, eight's in there. Like, there's there's mean, an eight in there. Technically, but it's not because really. early, early on in the project, they they just wrote the F eight at the top of the paper, and then somebody was like, "Huh, that says fate." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, we got exactly. oh fate of the furious." But now, exactly what now, <laughs> I am looking at the Wikipedia, and this is telling me the names of this. F nine is like it has multiple names. What what is the actual name like the name of it that was on like posters and stuff? F nine like is the the, the official. I think the name. official title is F nine. But <laughs> in like official documentation, it also says also known as Fast and Furious Nine. I think. 
and F9, okay, yeah, yeah. a fast saga, or yeah, the yeah. fast saga, the or fast saga, yeah. Yep, F9, the fast saga, and Fast and Furious 9. So I'm just curious as to what predictions you guys have for the 10th one. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be, as I said before, FX. it's going to be fast 10 oh, years yeah. ago. FX. FX is good. Oh, <laughs> That probably is actually what to do, FX. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, and then there was a spinoff of Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, sure. Yeah, Hobbs and Shaw was great. 10 out of 10, great movie. Which I bet you that they will do something else for a different spinoff where it'll be like Furious Presents and like drop <laughs> the fast oh. in. Mm. <laughs> there's a netflix animated show also oh my gosh there's yeah. just too much it's too much i tried watching it i couldn't <laughs> it was so bad like you think the movies are bad go watch that animated show you'll be begging um, to go to the theater <laughs> oh. i just want to make it clear that f9 is an incredible film <laughs> is incredible. It, can I ask? Not just no good, one really incredible. clarified. Is there like a, is there like a beginning, middle, end in this one? <laughs> or uh, there's it's just, a beginning, it's, middle, and end. So it's, it's automatically honestly, a great film. It's honestly just middle and end because yeah. it just it starts off <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's just true. like action. Honestly, I can get behind that. I like that. It middles off. It middles off. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh. Uh, one last thing we should probably note, um, we started a new, uh, Starfinder RPG campaign that launched, uh, I don't, was it actually on the 1st of July? Is that when it happened? Do I have my, yeah, no, yeah, yes, July 1st, uh, it came out for our last podcast since we weren't around, um, if you get a chance, go watch it, it's been fun, um, I mean, personally, I've, I've spent like 30 minutes working on the campaign, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what seems. That seems about right. Uh, Aaron has put a lot of work into it, and I think it shows. <laughs> it's going. It's really. It's great. You guys should all check it out. Yeah, it's fun. Aaron quit his job and became it's a full time Starfinder developer <laughs> for a while. I uh, definitely did not do that. Okay, you didn't quit your job the traditional way. You just like stopped doing it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is something that should be said out in a live podcast. You get on a conference call with your your workmates, and you're like, "Guys, wrap it up. I got to go work on Starfinder." <laughs> okay, no joke. Stop talking time, about wood. I won't, I'm not. I won't lie. One time, I was I had to do a webinar, and we're on the webinar, and I alt tabbed to go to a different screen because I was going to show them a presentation, and it just pulls up Foundry. And Foundry's sitting there on the window, and it's got, like, the launch screen. I'm like, oh, sorry, wrong thing. <laughs> nobody said anything. I was like, Whoo. Nobody oh asked anything about it? Wow. No, nobody said anything. Uh, I feel like that's a good anything. conversation starter. Kind of like the guy that I was doing a webinar for who started <laughs> off in a bathroom. Nice. Oh. You're, you're on your there webinar. You, you, like, intentionally flip to your Starfinder screen. Like, oh, no. <laughs> How do you mean to do this? <laughs> Oh no! Don't worry, that's for my Starfinder campaign. <laughs> yeah, that you can find on YouTube, Twitch, and uh, podcasting. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. Oh god! But here's a uh, link in chat in case you're wondering. <laughs> uh, did I accidentally just paste that link? Sorry. Oops. Uh, yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Uh, I believe at least I'm having a lot of fun playing. Um, I'm ready to kill some characters. I haven't had a chance to yet. So yeah, you got damn close. I did. I yeah. did. I did. I need to get the fudge module Listen, just turned on all the time. I think killing characters is fine and all, but like doing it before you get to experience what that character even starts to be. Like <laughs> yeah. level one is not even a character. 
Yeah, it's like, true. Well, it's a concept. Also, we just done them like off at level uh, one is like so rude. I think <laughs> <laughs> we just done like a background scene for <laughs> for Luna, and then immediately we go into a fight. And she almost dies. I get well, it a couple of levels, so you can be like, oh yeah, this is the concept, of the character I was trying to build, and it's here it's starting yeah. to work a little bit, and then they right. die, and then you have to do right. something else. Right. <laughs> but geez, level one, that's uh, rough. Alex, can you give us a, like a uh, a demo of your character's voice because? I think it's pretty solid for the campaign. For which one character? Your the, character. Oh, which character? What does that mean? You only play well, one. Well, he's he talking has, about the other Starfinder. I have two. Campaign. Yeah, oh, two Starfinder other characters. Other Starfinder campaign character is completely different in terms of their voice. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do I say? Uh, <laughs> the line. The line. You say the line. The you'll never see me coming. <laughs> yeah, that, like something like that. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. You got it. <laughs> so stupid. All my uh, all my dialogue takes a very long time to come out, and people are annoyed by it. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's a very long time. Mandarin. Also, I like that it just started accidentally. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's good. It works. Um. Anyway, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. You can catch us back here again in two weeks uh, where we stream here every every fortnight on Thursdays um, as long as the stream doesn't break or Alex doesn't break it. Don't break I it, Alex. Yeah, you would never. You would never. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. We also have a couple new series that we've been working on, one for a custom Divinity campaign and another for a Pathfinder campaign that we've been working on. So make sure you check those out as well. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.